Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gassing Out Loud, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol Rovers reporter Jack Vittles. Yes, welcome along to the latest Gassing Out Loud with myself, Michelle Owen and Jack Vittles. Lots to talk about in this episode. Uh, finally, Bristol Rovers hopefully heading in the right direction with that win at the weekend. Uh, Jack also has some transfer gossip for us and news on the potential stadium redevelopment and training ground redevelopment. So Jack, uh, welcome along. Uh, have you thought out from the weekend? It was bitter, wasn't it, on Saturday? Yeah, pretty cold, pretty cold, but at least they got the three points, so, you know, something to keep us warm. Yeah, well, obviously not in FA Cup action while loads of other teams were, so a chance really to play and not worry about what was going on around you for once, I guess. Yeah, they stole a little bit of a march with that win. They go up to, to 15th, which is obviously still not where they want to be, but better than where they were Saturday morning, so I think there was only one other game in the league yeah. on Saturday. So it was a really good opportunity and they took it, thankfully. Um, yeah, really, I was going to say impressive win. It, it was impressive to get the three points. The performance, maybe it wasn't overly impressive, but, you know, who cares? When they've lost nine of the last ten, take the three points and crack on. It was just waiting for that win, wasn't it? Because what did you make of the performance at Blackburn Rovers? Because on the scoreline of 2-1 Blackburn Rovers winning, actually, it looked like it was a close-run thing. Yeah, they were much better than they have been in recent weeks at Blackburn. There was a, a poor ten minutes when Blackburn scored their two goals, mm. but Harrison scored a really good goal. They went 1-0 up. Um, and at that point, they looked pretty good. They controlled the game mostly for an hour or so and then sort of switched off for 10 minutes, give away a penalty, and uh, Dominic Samuel comes off the bench to score the winner as well. And uh, that's why Blackburn are going to you know, end up in the top six in this league. They've just got that little bit of quality. But not yeah. a bad performance at all from Ravers. And you look at the size of Blackburn Rovers as well when you go there, you sort of expect maybe not to get anything from that. Is that fair to say at this point in the season and how Bristol Rovers are playing? Yeah, I don't think people went there with a, you know, People went there with optimism, perhaps, but I don't think anybody went there expecting to get anything. Given the form Rovers mm. were in, it is one of the, you know they are one of the bigger clubs in the league. Even if they don't fill it, they play at one of the bigger stadiums in the league, and they've yeah. got a bit of money behind them. So, you know, as Daryl Clark said after the match, your season, for better or worse, won't be decided on Blackburn away. No, no, absolutely not. But that Rotherham game then at the weekend, you said to me uh, just before we started recording that one of the worst first halves you've seen was it that bad. Yeah, it was just... Um, From both teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen Rovers play worse um, <laughs> a couple of weeks before. But that first 45 minutes, yeah, low on quality. It took sort of 35 minutes, I think, for a shot on target. Uh, the pitch didn't help. It sort of cut up quite badly. It was cold. It was a little bit windy. Um, Rotherham won a bad run as well. They hadn't won in six games, seven now. Um, just didn't, wasn't really conducive to good football. Um, but Rovers were probably the better team. Bowden had a great chance. Four yards out, Mr. Header unmarked. It would have given him the lead. But... Yeah, thankfully things uh, got better in terms of entertainment for the second half. How was Daryl Clark after the game? Yeah, fine, fine. He's often very uh, very honest and open after defeats and I think after victories he just likes to get in the changing room, speak to the guys and, and crack on. He's not one to be uh, mm. overly verbose after a win. Um, he's, he's much better uh, at speaking for long periods after a defeat. But yeah, after a win, he was certainly certainly pleased. Relieves some of the pressure, doesn't it? That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then going into this weekend against... South End, it's not an easy tie, is this it? No, this one? no, not at all. And, you know, none of them are really in league one, are they? They're all very good sides. Um, but it is another home game. Rovers' home record over the last three years is 
really good. Um, and I saw an interesting stat the other day that says, I think it was in the last three seasons from December to the end of the season, they've won 32 out of 39 home games. Wow. Um, so a couple of players keep mentioning they come good you know, from Christmas onwards and the stats bear that yeah, out. So yeah. if they can replicate that sort of home form again this season, then we're not going to be talking about scrapping around for relegation. We're going to be talking top 10, aren't we? So fingers crossed they can replicate what they've done before. After that dismal run of form... You know, that stat you just said, you know, nine losses in, in ten games, wasn't it? Yeah. And that dire form going into this game against Rotherham, do you think this win could be a turning point? Yeah, hopefully. I, I asked exactly that to, to Darrell and to Liam Sercombe after the match, and, and Darrell sort of said, oh, it's a building block, we look to kick on, which is exactly what you'd expect him Cliché, to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, Liam Sercombe said he thinks it can be a turning point, absolutely. Rovers... They have played badly while they were on that run, but there were a few games, you know, Scunthorpe, they should have got a point. Blackburn, mm. they could have won, really. Um, there were a couple of games in there where they should have got more points than they did. So, although it was a terrible run, they weren't in atrocious form. Mm. Um, so hopefully now, December's fixtures are relatively kind. Um, yeah, it's, look, it's a busy month. but It's so busy, isn't it? But it's, it's not as busy as it is, you know, for, for some teams for Rovers because... You do get that that weak gap, and you look at higher up, you know, in terms of other leagues, and they're, they're so coming together. So I guess that is a sort of positive. Um, but just looking ahead, one of the key games looks to be Warsaw, who are currently right next to them in the table. Do you think that'll be a really good indicator of where Bristol Rovers are? And that that's the game on on Boxing Day. And um, we've just mentioned that stat of how well they do from late December onwards. Could could that be quite a critical game? Just picking one out of of this run of fixtures. Yeah, I think so. They'll, they'll take a good crowd up there as well, Rovers. Obviously, Boxing Day fixtures a little bit special as well mm. yeah Walsall traditionally are a good home side I think they've lost a couple at home recently um, slipped down the table a little bit just to, just above Rovers now aren't they so yeah it's going to be a good barometer isn't it to see where they stand to see whether they're going to be talking top 12 or bottom 12 for the rest of the season so fingers crossed before that game I think they've got another three games maybe so yeah. you know if they can get six or seven points out of those three it's going to set them up brilliantly they need to get points against Doncaster which is the game before that don't they really if yeah. Donny is sort of further down the table than them they've got to be looking at that as you need three points from that one yeah absolutely Doncaster are sort of you know, maybe not free falling but they're, they're crashing down the league now after a reasonable start and they're going to end up towards the the bottom third of the table, you would think. So it's a sort of game you've got to be targeting. You know. And Gillingham as well, which is the game before that. So these these three fixtures, Gillingham below them as well, they're all teams in and around them. So yeah. Darren Clark's got to look at these on paper and think, right, if we could get nine points from those three games, it's going to propel them up the table. And it's very doable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, you look at those three fixtures. There's also Oldham in there as well they've got to play this month. And they're also right by them. Yeah, exactly. So it can all change very quickly. And I know there's a bit of a gap now between sixth and seventh in the league. Um, mm. I think it's six points, something like that. Yeah, it was so condensed. We talked for weeks about how condensed it was. It suddenly opened up, hasn't it, now, that, that gap? Because for a while, you know, being mid-table, you were in touching distance of the playoffs, but not so now, really, is it? No. So I think it's 11 points between uh, Rovers and 15th and uh, Charlton in, in, in sixth. So, But you wouldn't worry about that gap now, would you? It's too no, early. No, absolutely. I think all they can think about at the moment is is putting together a run of, of wins or matches without defeat, at least, and just getting on a bit of a run until the new year and then sort of see what January brings and, and reassess. Well, let's talk about what January brings because you have some transfer news for us and it doesn't necessarily sound positive for, for Rovers fans. Yeah, so obviously there's been a lot of speculation surrounding Billy Bowden in the summer. He was subject to a, a bid at the club called Derisory. Um, we don't know how much that was for. We think it was probably in the region of half a million pounds, something like that. Um, and that was from Cardiff, we believe, don't we? Yeah, not sure. Not, not sure. sure. Never, never really had it confirmed. Um, but there was certainly interest there from a few clubs and at least one concrete bid. Um, but now we're we're expecting more clubs to be interested in Bowden in January. Uh, circling once again, 
Uh, Rovers don't really disclose contract lengths, but we understand that the contract that he signed last summer will be running out this summer. Uh, Daryl Clark confirmed last week that Bowden has been negotiating his new contract for 12 months. For 12 months? Yeah. So, wow, that's so, got to be like the longest contract negotiation ever, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's a bit of a confusing one because I think Hamer, uh, Steve Hamer, the chairman, said it was sort of four weeks and Daryl Clark cleared that up and said that was the latest offer that Bowden was considering. I spoke to Bowden himself about it last week um, and he was sort of cagey, as you'd expect, just saying he, he wanted to get back fit first before considering it. He's hopeful they can do a deal. Um, in terms of his new contract. But there will be clubs sniffing around in January, that's for sure, thinking that a player with only six months left on his contract. Obviously, he's been out injured a little bit, but he was in great form before and he's come back and looked pretty sharp. And, you know, he'd certainly do a, a job in a championship side. If if a sort of higher-end championship club comes in for him, even a mid-table championship club for him, is that lure too great for Billy Bowden to turn down? Perhaps, perhaps. You know, he's he's a very talented player and he's in very good form. Um, so you can understand exactly why he would want to make that move and play in the Championship. Maybe he won't get the chance again if his form drops off. You never know, do you? So you can understand exactly why he would always be looking to play at the highest level highest level possible. Um, and he'll be considering whether he can do that with Rovers, I suppose. And given the start of the season, it's not been the best. Um, Will he be looking at this thinking, OK, I don't, I don't think... I think it's fair to say Rovers are in with a big shout of promotion. Look, it could still happen. They're not that far off the playoffs realistically and we know how much this league can change. But automatic looks unlikely. Is he going to sit and look at that and think, right, OK, I'm probably not going to be playing championship football as it stands with Bristol Rovers next season. So do I take my chance now rather than wait maybe two years? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, promotion isn't off the table for Rovers yet, but it's now a lot less likely than everybody thought it was in August. Mm. So, you know, everybody's slightly disappointed with the league position. He'll be disappointed as well. Um, and it's just coincided with some really good performances from him personally, yeah. which have caught the eye from scouts from higher yeah. up the league. So you can understand why he would be sort of interested in hearing what other clubs have got to say. So, um, yeah, we'll have to watch this space. Obviously, it's only a couple of weeks now until the transfer window yeah. opens. Mm. Um, and... If he does go, I think the only, you know, Rovers just have to hope that the money they get for him, that Daryl Clark's allowed to reinvest that and they can get a good replacement in. Do you think if, if Bowden does go, and the fee probably wouldn't be that big given he's only got six months left on his contract, do you think the owners are going to give Daryl Clark that pot of money to reinvest for a player of Bowden's quality? I think they have to. I think if, if you lose somebody like Bowden, um, however much you get for him, you have to give that to Clark to reinvest because Rovers have relied on him for huge amounts of this season particularly when they were playing well before he got injured and if you're not going to replace that player then you're almost writing off your chances of getting into the playoffs you know I think he's that important to Rovers Rovers have got a good side a good squad he, he, is he, their, he is their, he's their a, best player he's their star man isn't he yeah so I think you'd have to you'd have to give the money to Daryl to say go out there and find us a replacement find us somebody but that's not easy either to, to, to find, find, find no. a replacement you, know, you think off the top of your head in your eyes who would spring to mind I can't think of anybody that would, that would move. Um, yeah, that's in a position to move. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it's January as well. And clubs obviously don't want to sell their best players in January. And the players that clubs are trying to move on in January are being moved on for a reason. Yeah. Um, so for me, Bowden's probably the, one of the top two or three creative players in League One. And his peers at that level in this league aren't, aren't going to be available because they're all going to be in similar positions at other clubs. Where else do you think that Daryl Clark might look to strengthen? It's something we've touched upon in, in other episodes, but you know, like you say, we're a couple of weeks away from the window opening now. So, 
he's going to be really thinking, okay, I want to strengthen here and here and here. Where do you think those areas are and do you think it's likely that he'll be able to strengthen there? I think defensive midfield is a big area. He sort of stumbled across an answer to that in the last couple of games by playing um, Joe Partington yeah. there. Uh, How's he fared there? Yeah, really well, really well. He, I spoke to him about it after the Blackburn game, the first time he played there this season. And he said he played there a little bit when he was younger at Bournemouth, um, with Eddie Howe, I think, was in charge at the time. And he's sort of come back to that role now. He looked really good, actually. Broke up the play nicely, just made Rose look a lot more solid at the back. And he was a defender who was willing to actually play the ball out a little bit from the back as opposed to sort of hoof it to touch. So it made them look a much better side defensively and helped them going forward. Um, and again, against Rotherham, I thought he looked good. Um, but he is a right-back. And if you play him in defensive midfield, you miss him from right-back. And he's great at right-back. He swings in brilliant crosses. Mm. So I think he's an OK stopgap. I think he's done really well. Um, but it's certainly got to be high on uh, Daryl's priority list of people to bring in January, a, a defensive midfielder. Uh, what about elsewhere? Do you think they need another goal scorer? Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, I don't think... I think they're all right for goal scorers. I think, you know, Tom Nichols will score more goals. I know we've said it for a long time now. I think he will score more goals. He's playing well. Um, you know, Gaffney and Harrison. Harrison's in great form. Yeah, Harrison's playing really well at the moment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was great on Saturday. Really good on Saturday. He scored one, set one up. Um, and he's been he's been so consistent as well. He's always had the talent, but he's just never really shown it on any sort of consistent level. But this season, you know, 90% of the games, he's really been on it, switched on, engaged for a full 90 minutes and, and reaped the reward. So, in attack, they look okay. You've got to look defensively. Where are the issues? Maybe you look to bring an experienced centre-back to play alongside mm-hmm. uh, Tom Lockie. Obviously, Sweeney came back, but he's been you know, not as good as he was last season on loan. Tom Broadbent stepped in, but he's still very inexperienced and gets mm. exposed at times. So I think maybe an experienced centre-back to come in. But mm. what, you know, once again, it's January. So what can you get in January that's, that's quality? You have to yeah. wait and see. Uh, it's a small window and there's, there's still games going on, so it's always a, a tricky window, isn't it? We've talked about Billy Bowden leaving. Is there a danger that anyone else might leave? I can't see anybody leaving that Rovers wouldn't want to let go. Um, Daryl Clark has mentioned to me before that a couple will be leaving in January. Um, I think Johnny Byrne's gone on loan to York um, and he's already said, speaking to the local media up there, that he's quite happy to move in January if it all goes well up there. So right. he could be off. Um and Daryl's mentioned a few other people, not by name, that, that could be on the way out so that he can bring players Fringe in. players. Yeah, exactly. He said he wants to freshen things up. He was he was thinking of, of losing one or two to get three or four in, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't know off the top of my head, people like Byron Moore, obviously he's not had a lot of minutes mm-hmm. this season, um, so maybe he could be on his way out, I don't know. Um, but yeah, fringe players, I wouldn't have thought, you know, you're not talking any of the the first team regulars that have been with the club for years. Yeah, apart from Bowden, which is, which is the danger. And... Obviously, no, no Rovers fan would want to see Bowden go, would they? No, absolutely. Like I say, he's he's, he's been the best player this season, um, and he's the most creative player. And he he just gives them that spark and attack. They've got really good strikers, Rovers. They have, and they score a lot of goals. But sometimes they're created, even if Bowden doesn't touch the ball. They've got two men marking and it creates space for other people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, vitally important. Now let's move on to the training ground redevelopment and the stadium redevelopment. You got some news on that. Yeah, so I, most fans would have seen it by now, I'm sure. But uh, the president, Wilo Cardi, gave a, an interview at the weekend sort of updating fans on stadium redevelopment, training ground updates. Um, and the upshot of it all really is not a lot's happening. Um, <laughs> so it, it was, you know, I think a lot of fans are pleased the club, are communi- the club are communicating. That's something they've been criticised about in the past. Mm. Uh, so it was good of Wilo to come out and speak to the fans directly. Um, with the training ground no planning permission submitted yet uh, still trying to sort our project manager for that project up there so 
I think they're still looking at a July 2019 wow. uh, date to moving in up there. So what's that? The start of the season after next. Um, so we wait to see on that one. And then with the stadium, um, it looks like it's going to be a, a stand-by-stand redevelopment, um, starting with some very minor improvements next summer, which I think involve you know, sorting out the loos and a lick <laughs> of paint. So it's got to start somewhere, I suppose. But a lot of fans are obviously frustrated about the timeline not being given yet. But equally, I can understand that from the club's point of view, these things do take a lot of time and a lot of organisation. So we wait and see. I think the fact the Rovers are back to winning ways on the pitch and Wiles come out and spoken might just give them a few more months to play with. Now the fans might be a little easier on them. You were talking about the pitch cutting up a lot on Saturday. Uh, is is that a concern at the moment? Because you said it was relayed in summer at yeah. a big cost, but it's cutting up quite badly already. Yeah, it, it, to be fair, it's looked all right so far this season. But yeah, when we arrived on Saturday, a few of us in the press box commented that it looks a little bit, a little bit bare in parts. Mostly, you know, with the linesman run, which obviously isn't an issue, but mm. it did look a bit bare. And then, sort of after about half an hour, it was quite clear that it was cutting up badly, and a few players got the ball stuck under their feet. And the Rotherham manager, Paul Warren, afterwards as well, came out and. And mentioned how bobbly the pitch was, and you know, wasn't wasn't conducive to good football. He told his players at halftime, you know, don't mess around with the defence, just stick your foot through it, right. um, which made for a terrible spectacle at times. Mm. Um, I don't think it's a huge concern in terms of you know, I don't think we're going to get games called off because of it. Um, it's just a bit of a shame when it affects the match. But hopefully, yeah, they've had it relayed in the summer with new drainage as well. Hopefully, it will it will come good. I know the groundsmen work very hard down there. Yeah, as you say, the groundsmen will be putting their all into it. So. Do you think it's been a problem with the relaying or anything like that? Or do you think it's just one of those things? It's no the idea. Yeah, you're you're, yeah, you'll have to ask, have to ask the groundsman or, or the people that relayed the pitch. I don't know enough about it. I can only go off what I see in front of me, which is mm. that he was just cutting up quite badly on Saturday. But It know, does happen at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, There's been quite a few games now. The weather's been you know, a little bit wet, a little bit cold, I suppose. So they didn't have any games called off at all last season where he was at home, which is pretty good going for League One. So you know, I know they would try their hardest down there and we'll uh, have another look on Saturday and see how it looks. Right, we'll be back in a fortnight's time then. And Jack, I'm going to be picking your brains more about Billy Bowden. So go and do some more digging for us, find out what's going on. And hopefully then we'll have maybe more of an idea where Bristol Rovers are heading. Because these couple of games coming up in between the next podcasts are big, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Two games, home and away, South End home, and then on the road to Gillingham. And they're not very good at home. So it's two very winnable games. And so to get six points, even four points out of that, everything will look a little bit rosier when it's heading into Christmas. Well, hopefully we'll be sat here before Christmas uh, feeling very positive. We'll be back in a fortnight's time. Thank you for listening. Gassing out loud.